Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer, whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com, Wellstart Health, Sick to Fit, Wellstart Coaching Academy, and oh, so much more. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a moving and mindful life. So one of the things you should know about me is that I discover really great, cool stuff early, get a tremendous amount of benefit from it, and then totally forget about it for decades. So one example of this was when I first went plant-based in 1990 upon reading Diet for a New America by John Robbins. And then like six years later, I couldn't even remember that I had read it or that there was anything wrong with dairy. And I had to uh, experience Colin Campbell's China study to remind me of what I had known once and what had given me such great results and which I just sort of abandoned. And then there was the time that I came home and I'd read something and I got rid of all of our Teflon pans. And then like two years later, this thing comes in the mail from Amazon that I ordered and it's a Teflon skillet. And my wife is like, wait a minute, we had one of these. Don't you remember? Like, no, oh, is there anything wrong with Teflon? So another example of this involves today's guests, and they are Catherine and Danny Dreyer, and they are the founders, originators, the powerhouse couple behind Chi Running, and that's Chi like C-H-I, as in Tai Chi or Qi Gong, the uh, Chinese term for our inherent life energy. I discovered Qi running, I think it was around 2005, 2006, 2007 latest, but I think 2005, 2006, because I was into uh, natural movement. I had taken a course to become a certified natural trainer with John Hines of the Monkey Bar Gym, and he showed me my first pair of uh, Vibram five finger shoes, which I promptly went out and got in electric blue, which wasn't a great fashion idea, especially if you have size 12 feet. And we also talked about correct running form. And from there, I discovered Chi Running, which had been written by Danny Dreyer. And it was a way of running mindfully to kind of learn the technique to run without injury. And I read the book, practiced it, got home to Durham, North Carolina, took a lesson and did that for a little while and then totally forgot about it. And it wasn't a big deal because I wasn't doing much running in the intervening years until 
2016 when I met Josh and started training for my first 50K. And man, I was, you know, getting back into running and feeling my legs again. But along with all of the miles I was putting on and the buckles I was getting from the races that I was entering, you know, I'm not as fast as I was when I was 18 and running didn't feel as good as it did back then. And I completely forgot that I had a methodology that had worked really well for me to help me be more efficient in my running, to help me be more mindful, to help me eliminate injury. And so it was only pretty recently that I think it was through Facebook that I saw the Chi running stuff again. And I reached out to Danny and asked if I could interview him for the podcast. And since he lives in Asheville and I live in rural North Carolina, about four hours away, I said, why don't uh, I come and interview you somewhere in person? And so we agreed and we met at his house and he and his wife, Catherine, who is also a force behind Chi running and I think does more of the business operations. But they're both, um, you know, qualified instructors and instructors of instructors and the co-creators of the Chi running platform and methodology. And we sat down at their dining room table and we talked about running. And man, I had a whole different perspective than I had when I first read the book. And the, and the perspective comes from having run thousands of miles over the last four years with poor form and getting injured, getting plantar fasciitis, having knee problems, hip flexor problems, um, numb feet. And so I decided I was going to revisit Chi running, bought the Chi running app from, from the Apple Store for 10 bucks and have been running with it in my ear ever since. I've stopped doing podcasts. <gasps> And I've stopped doing books on tape and music, and now I am just treating running like a meditation on form. And my times have improved. I haven't been feeling bad afterwards. I haven't been sort of re-irritating or re-injuring things. And so I am sold. Um, I'm thinking about becoming a chi running instructor so that I can help people who go to Sick to Fit University and Well Start Health and come to me for coaching. Because one of the things we tell people is you got to get moving. But if we have been sedentary for most of our lives or we put on a lot of weight and changed our balance, then when we start moving and we do so with bad habits and poor form, we can get injured. And I'm sure you've heard that story plenty of times. So this podcast is a conversation about how not to get injured while walking or running. It's about how to be mindful of what we're doing while we're doing it so we don't have to run 10 miles and feel bad afterwards. We don't have to eat some crap and feel bad afterwards. We can take a bite of the crap and feel bad right away and stop the binge in its tracks through mindfulness. So Catherine and Danny were wonderful hosts. Mia and I um, popped over for this conversation and had a great time and were really inspired. And so I can't say enough about what you're going to discover if you are a runner or a walker or a human with legs who um, who wants to move more freely, gracefully, mindfully, lovingly through the world. So before we get to the conversation, I'm going to pitch a little product. So one thing I'm going to pitch since uh, I had a root canal last week and I need a crown next week 
is some money to cover those operations. So I'd like to tell you quickly about my laser coaching. It's a one year program and it is under two grand. So that's a year of coaching. That's 12 months for under two thousand dollars. And it's private one on one coaching with me over the phone scheduled on unlimited sessions scheduled by you. So kind of Ikea style, you go in after you've completed the homework for the last session and you schedule your next one. First call is 30 minutes. All the subsequent calls are 15. So it's not like you have to figure out how to fit this into a really busy schedule. I call it laser coaching for a reason. Um, I'd like you to go to the page where I describe it all and give you the conditions so that you know what you're signing up for. And that's plantyourself.com slash laser L-A-S E-R. The other two things I want to talk about are the Wellstart Coach Training, which begins um, next month, November 2019. Wellstartcoach.com if you would like to become a kick-ass coach. And what else? Um, the retreat in New Orleans with me and Josh will be happening the first weekend in March. I believe that's the 5th through the 8th. If you're interested in finding out more about that, check out Sick2Fit. That's number two, sick2fit.com slash N-O-L-A, all lowercase. All right, so let us get to walking and running. Without further ado, Catherine and Danny Dreyer, thank you for inviting us to your home and welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Yeah. Great to be here. Yeah, nice to, to have here. you here. Yeah, so you, yeah. you guys have been a huge influence on me for like 14 years now. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, really, it's really exciting to, to meet you guys in person and, and talk about walking and running. Um, let's, let's start with just your, your backgrounds and stories um, to, for, for people who, who may not have heard of, uh, of the chi world of, of bipedal locomotion. Yeah. yeah. You go ahead. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so my background, I came from ultra running. So I was an ultra runner um, and for many years. And then at some point, I ran into a Tai Chi instructor. And, and, and you were doing, this was like in the 80s or 90s? Yeah, I started in the 70s. So this was, you were weird. I was weird. I was in the lunatic was... fringe group back then. <laughs> so this was ever, this was like really like skinny bearded guys with long hair. Yeah. So that's when, it, that's when those people were ultra running. Yeah. It was back when like the JFK race had 300 people, you know, okay. <laughs> now it's like a lottery. What, what, what drew you to <clears throat> ultra running at that point? Well, it was more, um, for me, uh, I was studying with a teacher, a health, you know, he was totally into health, and he really used it as a way to challenge yourself to get healthy, but also mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. So ultra running is, is you know, 90% mental. And so it was a really good opportunity to put all the people he was working with into a really... Uh, outside their comfort zone. So you were volunteered a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Uh -huh. But I liked it. It was it was good and, and it got me running. I was a runner before then, but it really drew me. So anyway, so I was I started running ultras longer and longer distances. I eventually got up to I ran two hundred milers, Leadville and Western. Those are my bucket list. Now Ooh. I'm a retired hundred miler. Uh -huh. And um but somewhere along the way, you know, I would be 
30 miles into a race and some guy would pass me like he just stepped on the course and I and I always like I was watching people back then I was really interested in how to move better because I was having to move further and so when these people would pass me I'd watch them now were they speeding up or were you slowing down um both both okay. so it's like <clears throat> and then at some point along the way I was living in Boulder at the time and a friend of mine said hey there's this guy uh that's teaching Tai Chi classes. And he knew I was half Chinese, so he thought I might be interested. So anyway, he introduced me. I went to the class, and from day one, it was about posture. And the day after that first day, I started putting it into my running, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my God, I didn't go for a run. I'm going to have to, like, turn around and go back out so I can feel like I got to run. I mean, so you, I, you, you were able to integrate it that quickly. Yeah, yeah, because... <laughs> Because every time, well, it, no. He was working on was, body issues already. already so he okay. was already doing some of it. But then when the Tai Chi came in, it yeah. was a light bulb. Uh-huh. So Huge the light. light bulb, I was there. And yeah. so we were studying. So he had been doing body work and all kinds what's, of stuff. What sorts? Well, um, just like internally. Working on things, body movement. How do I get how more to efficient? Run, how to, uh-huh. you know, he'd been working on all kinds of stuff. Um, and we would talk about it, but then when Tai Chi came in, it, it just opened up everything and changed everything for him. So any aches and pains he had had were disappearing. So yeah. he was bringing these principles, which are pretty cool. You know, there are these amazing principles that have been around for thousands of years. And, you know, I always like to say, if you watch movies today, everybody's using martial arts, right, to be the hottest bad guy or good guy. <laughs> they all have to know martial arts, and that's because it is the most efficient way to move. And so when you bring those principles into running and walking and movement, he literally did have significant changes happen really fast. Mm-hmm. In performance yeah, in and performance. endurance. <laughs> and so the, the whole posture element, that's where, that's where it hooked me. Because my Tai Chi teacher was all about correct posture, and when you're doing your martial art, you're turning around this central axis, right? right? So everybody who had passed me in an ultra, I watched them, and they were all falling forward. Mm-hmm. So I had been playing with this thing of falling forward already, but then, but I'm sure I was probably bending at the waist, and it was making me less efficient. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I took this posture line. I go, oh, what if I? take this line and move and hinge down here at my feet Uh and all of a sudden that's where results like the next day and then you're also learning to move from your center so so in tai chi all movement comes from your done they call it your dantian but it's your center basically and everything else is supposed to relax and so you learn deep relaxation. So deep relaxation is a part of going faster and moving more easily. And most people are doing just the opposite. Stronger, especially tighter, yeah, force. especially if they're new to fitness or whatever. <clears throat> they really think that the images that we get out there are is that you are supposed to work hard. You're supposed to sweat. It's supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? You no know, pain, you have no pain. these images right. of you know, oh, I'm going to tough it out. But in Tai Chi, it's completely different. In Tai Chi, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to make movement really smooth and easy, and it all comes from a very strong core and center. And so all movement comes from that place, and it completely turns upside down normal fitness. 
And the Chinese, it's pretty cool when you go to China or San Francisco, they're all on the street corners. Everywhere you go, they're doing a little qigong, a little tai chi. They're just moving. They're really believers in movement for longevity and for health. And so when you incorporate that into running and walking, it really makes a huge difference for beginners, for people who are in pain, for people who have any kind of issues. It smooths it out. So, so it's been 20 years. It's our 20, an- 20 year anniversary this year. Oh, that we've congratulations. Been doing this. Yeah. And what's your backstory? Well, I come from a background in marketing. So I worked in New York City. I worked at HBO and Time Inc. and so on. And then I moved to Boulder, Colorado, and I started working for a health publishing company. And I became president of it when I was 32. Oh, can I ask which one? It's called New Hope Communications. Okay. So they publish magazines and put on huge trade shows for the natural health industry. Okay. So I've been in natural health and healing since 1989. And um, so I ran this company and we brought together health and healers from all over the world to our conferences. And we would use them in our magazines and so on. And they also started guidelines for organics yeah, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was way okay. in the 80s, starting really government or, you know. In the uh, 80s and 90s. So I was working with, you know, all kinds of regulations and everything for natural health and organics mm-hmm. and you name it. Vitamins, herbs, the whole, yeah. the whole shooting max. So that was, and then I met Danny and anyway... He, at the time, was doing other work, and I think it was me who said, you should be doing this. It was her. (laughs) And um, I got a job in California, so we moved to California Uh because I got a job there for a natural health website. And Danny started teaching people chi running, and... People were having, like, it, very average people. There were women in their 45, 50 who wanted to lose weight. I mean, that was the first so, audience. Yeah. So yeah. when did you dis- decide or discover that chi running was a thing? Like... January of 1999. January 1999. Wow. We know exactly when. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if my question was clear, but apparently it was. That's when yeah. we we started our first newsletter. We I don't know if we incorporated then, but we definitely... Incorporated a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Incorporated a couple I mean, years later. But like, we decided to actually make a business out of it. And uh-huh. it's interesting we always say that. This Our daughter was also conceived in January of 1999. Mm-hmm. So we always say we've raised twins. <laughs> and now they're 20-year-olds and out the door and out of our, out of our hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so before that, would you just... Like, okay, just so, you, so you discovered this thing. And I said, you, yeah. you know, all of a sudden running became much easier... And now, like, how did you, like, who was the first person you shared it with who wasn't, like, were you reticent? Or, like, I want to shout shout this from the rooftops? No, I think he began teaching people, and we somehow got into an Oprah group of women. So it wasn't Oprah, but it was, she had all these groups, and they were all wanting to run marathons. That was the name of it. Oh, the connectors. And so Danny just... He got hooked in with these people and started teaching them, and yeah. the results were pretty significant, really significant, to the point where, so he just, and, he, and Danny just, it, he started meeting people and teaching them and teaching groups, so he was teaching at NASA, 
So he met all these people at NASA, and so he had all these scientists he was teaching. And, and they was, would like back up what was going on in the book. And they loved it. Uh-huh. They loved the like Danny likes to bring physics into this, like the concept of physics, and they all were like. So it it makes a lot of sense when you learn about what she running is about. Like there's a lot of sense to it. It makes a lot of sense, and so people yeah then mm-hmm. tried it and were finding. Great yeah. results. Really one fast. place where we had really good results was team and training. Yeah. So in San Francisco, they had one of the biggest team and training groups in the United what States. What was that? Yeah, it was in. Uh, when was it? It was. Or, what, what, what's what, team what, and what training? is team and training? Oh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Okay. They did fundraisers. They've done it for since ninety. They're the largest in the world for raised, raising money through raising money for okay. research for cancer research, mm-hmm. and um, so they had this huge group in in um, I think they had like nine hundred people in this group in San Francisco, and I asked them if they would have me teach their technique class because they were training people for a marathon. Mm-hmm. Well, team and training would train people in four and a half months for a marathon from that's, zero, that's and I'm quick. going. It's not quick, it's suicidal, you know. But when I started working with their groups, all of a sudden they started seeing that more people were actually completing their training. So mm-hmm. every year they invited me yeah. back to keep their numbers up. And, it, and so that, that was like really That was good, a big okay. results. And then we wrote a book, and then it went international very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean very quickly, because the book came out and we got really profound response to the book and then it was published in 10 languages and suddenly it was all over the world and it was um, a lot to handle but we set it up like I do have a business background so I made sure we set it up in a way that um, we had instructors and a whole program and that we could handle it Mm. yeah so when you started teaching other people so you both had a background in health and you were doing your body work Mm -hmm. stuff like it, it, it came easier to you. I'm imagining, like, okay, I do Tai Chi and I understand how to apply it. What were the challenges you faced when when taking people off of couches and desks to incorporate the the principles? The challenge was breaking it down into steps. And how do you? Because we're we're talking about um, neural training here. You know, when, when you say the work that you do to try to get somebody to change their diet or to, when do you eat or how do you get yourself not to eat. So we're we're doing um, brain training, really. Mm. And so we had to break it down in steps that were incremental. So if you go through one of our classes, it goes through very specific incremental steps that build on one another. So we had to start with... So we always started with posture. That's where I started with Tai Chi, and it's the best start. And then how do you move that posture? And then which parts of your body do you move, and how do you move them? So it was really getting the sequence and the the lessons narrowed down to exactly how do you do it. That was the challenge, but and <laughs> that challenge is still there. And we still work on it. We still work on it. We All still adapt it and change All it. If something time. isn't working, we'll change mm-hmm. it. And I can't tell you how many times I've rewritten the instructor's manual. Uh-huh. Because something will come up and I'll go, oh my God, that is so much easier. Because our job is to get it Make into it somebody's easy. body as easily, as quickly as possible. And if I'm using too many words or not good examples or they can't feel it. Yeah. So all of what we teach has to be learned through experience. 
Well, that's that's you know, what, that's our that's one of the things I wanted our to, challenge was. Yeah. to ask about because you know I studied uh, Alexander technique, right? And one of the uh, insights he gave is that people don't know what right is. Yeah, and they think, oh, oh, I think I'm straight, right? This is right. Um, how do you help people who you know in, in your books or who to buy DVD? I guess people still buy DVDs or get it online. DVDs. Streaming now. We have Streaming. online school like how, videos. How we do have... people? So you teach someone and then they go off and do it. How do you teach people to sort of propriocept or assess yeah. internally to know that they're doing the right thing and not some yeah. Some other thing. You know, it's it's a huge part of what we teach in the classes. So from the very beginning, we talk about body sensing and we talk to people about how difficult that is. And we come up with a variety of ways for them to work on it. So we're the the in the instruction is what to feel for. So it's really cool in a class. We're giving them an experience and experience and experience so that they can. The point of the Mm -hmm. class is to begin to feel that difference Mm -hmm. so that you can then go home and say, Oh, this difference is, I'm not feeling that. Mm -hmm. And so, and people who are doing it through video and so forth, I would say, you know, a lot of them can get it. I mean, we've had people email us from just a few lines in an article and say, Oh my gosh, this has changed my running. Uh So we have, there's a scope of people and people who are a little bit more challenged to people who are, can do it really, really readily. And so we have a variety of ways. We have instructors for people who really need additional help. We have videos for people who can get it more themselves. We have, we have audio downloads for people, yeah. so that helps a lot. Oh, so people can listen while they, they listen, listen while they're, while they're, they're moving. So it's it. really right there with you. Ooh, I need to get that. And yeah, it's really good. The school. This, I'll, we can get into that later. But I wanted to say something. We were just talking right. about yesterday. Yeah. Because we're doing a chi walking instructor training, and what we want the teachers to do is to be able to take the people as take a student through comparison so you so you're asking exactly. how do you tell if you're doing it right well first of all you got to know what it feels like when you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. and or are not doing it as 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 well as it could be and then you need to know how it feels when you're doing it right and so then we take the students switch back and forth and i mean i will have people do it 10 times on just one piece okay. of posture so here's how you feel normally let's make the adjustment let's go back here's how you feel normally here's the adjustment yeah. and then they can start catching themselves the trick is to get people to catch themselves when they're not mm-hmm. doing it so they know how that feels that becomes well you're cir- you're circumventing the conscious mind right yes. right you're you're, you're going right the for body. the body that right for the body the body goes oh Right. Yeah. Oh, this feels good. And when we were yeah. writing the book, as a matter of fact, a friend of ours said, give people an experience as yeah. much as possible in the book. So mm-hmm. the book tries to do that. We, we're trying to do that in everything we do, yeah. is to give people an experience so that they can go, aha, ah. And the thing is that's so cool is how in a class people will come, the walking people especially, will come with some pain. And we can get them out of pain in the class. Not all pain, but we can move them into a place where they're not hurting as much. And they go, now, it can be challenging for them to bring that on into their lives. And they might need ongoing support, but they can have that experience. Mm -hmm. Of um, We just taught a walking class, and this woman had shin splints. And we could get her walking pretty easily without her shin splints hurting. Same deal. Mm -hmm. Same, right there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we'll talk a little bit about what, like, so maybe going back to fundamentals. Why is walking and running important mm. for for human beings? Like you guys have devoted your life to it. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, it's um, I would say it's not. It's not only why it's important, because those are the obvious ones of like, yeah, it helps your cardio, it helps you burn calories, it helps you stay toned, all that stuff. But it's more, not only why is it important, but how can you do it in a way that makes it even more important? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we teach people is how you can walk, or you can walk with your core engaged. You could walk with stiffness or tension in your body, or you could learn to walk in a way that really releases that while you're moving. And so it's really taking both of those two really basic fundamental activities, human activities, and up in the ante a little bit. So we all walk and a lot of people run. How can you do that in a way that really actually adds to your health and doesn't destroy you or doesn't like, you know, do something you don't expect or anything? How can you make walking a really cool thing instead of just getting from here to there? But on the other hand... Not enough people are walking and running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that is a huge call for us, is to get people moving. And why? Because you don't use it, you lose it, and you die. I mean, I, I, our, our Tai Chi master <laughs> says when you lose your legs, you're a lot closer to losing your life. And um, there's a new whole study I'd love to send to you about gait being the newest way to... Assess vital sign. Your vital sign. Hmm. Walking speed gate or your speed gait as speed as a vital sign. And they have oh, wow. predictors of how fast people can move walking. And if they don't if they walk too slowly, the doctor said <laughs> the Grim Reaper walks at two miles per hour. Yeah. So if you're only walking at two miles per hour, the Grim Reaper's gonna catch up with you. Yeah, and that's so, not exercise. It's so when space. you can mm-hmm. teach people to move with longevity, so longevity is a huge thing in Chinese health and medicine, Big. and it's a huge thing for us. Right. It's it's not just length of life, it's quality of life and mm-hmm. length of life. It's improving the whole quality of your life. So the walking and running really can do that. With running, the potential is that there's injury. So we have, I'm not going to say we've eliminated injury, but we have greatly reduced Mm. the potential for injury. And the same is true with walking. Like people think walking is easy, but if you're really overweight or if you're in pain, walking isn't easy. And we can make it easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so so many ironies here. One is that the thing that helps you increase your speed is Tai Chi. Which, in my mind, is slow. (laughs) (laughs) It's only practiced slowly. But when it's an actual movement, it's really fast. I've never seen that. Well, so so that's a really interesting thing that people don't realize about Tai Chi. And it's called the mother of martial arts because underneath it all, it gives you the formula for how to be a kung fu fighter if you want. Mm. But it's... It is the reason why it's practiced slowly is so that for proprioception. It's for where's my balance at? Where am I moving from? Am I relaxed here, 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 here? You know, I mean, it's this whole integration of all of your movement with your mind, 
moving your body, your body moving oh. your arms, and it's and it's or your dantian, and it's uh, people don't understand that that that's when when you move slowly is the only way you can feel if you're really on target, you know. So you ask, you know, how do people feel oh. if they're doing it right? Yeah, if you're not doing it right, it's it's uh, it's gonna show up. Because your opponent's going to see it, and he's going to like. Hmm. I never, I never put that together. And I, I remember, yeah. There's a book, The Talent Code, by yeah. Daniel Coyle, who ta- um, talks about um, like the Berkeley. I think it was Berkeley, some school of music, some string school, yeah. mm-hmm. where they practice so slowly that a person walking by doesn't know what piece it is. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so, I mean, it's hard to get runners to do that. But one of our goals is to first get people to slow down enough so that they can experience how they're actually moving. Yeah. And yeah. then add speed. So we're we're all about speed in running and walking too because it's fitness walking. Mm-hmm. So we're all about that. And it really happens, but it happens from a deeper, better place when you know the fundamentals of how to move well. Yeah, combination of alignment and relaxation is what we teach. You know, right, so right. I'll give you an example. Okay. You know, in Tai Chi, there's um, there's a move. You know, where where somebody moves their hand like this, and then you show this really nice flow. So they end up in a position like this. Mm-hmm. So if you're throwing a punch at me, I grab your hand and I break your neck. You know, I <laughs> mean, really, that's is. so slowly done. Uh-huh. But when you speed it up, it's like. And you're, you're all of a sudden you're on the ground, mm-hmm. but you know it's this whole thing of like starting. So you, if you ever saw the movie Amadeus, the guy he's learning this this Bach piece or something like that really fast fugue or something, and his instructor has this metronome just and he's playing note by note every day. The instructor comes up and slides that little weight down a little bit and it goes fast. So within a month or six weeks, the guy's like cranking along and he hardly noticed the difference mm-hmm. day by day. So it's that. It's gradual progress. It's a big... But speed's coming from someplace different than yes, most people are doing time. it. Most right. people are doing it with effort, and we're doing it with, from a completely different place of deep core strength and relaxation. Yeah. And that's how you get faster. Yeah. yeah. See, there's this... There's, um, I mean, I have this really um, mixed um, relationship with effort. Because on the one hand, <laughs> I'm talking to people who've kind of given, you know, they've almost given up and they don't realize that they can take their health into their own hands and they've been passive and they're on meds and everything has been, someone else gives it to you. So to tell them, like, you can take some effort, like, raises in them some pride. Mm -hmm. And yet when you take this idea of effort and efforting, that 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 we think, okay, so I'm going to take this effort, so I'm going to grind. I'm gonna I'm gonna run till it hurts. I'm gonna wear my aches and pains and and plantar fasciitis and shin splints as a, as a, a badge, badge of pride. Yeah, and you're yeah. saying that that's that's not, it's not necessary. The effort is in making your mind and body work as a team, and that that most people do the effort just in the body, build strong muscles, plyometrics, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the effort comes from using your mind correctly, correct. You know? And when you're a beginner, you're going to go out there and it's still going to be some effort. So mm-hmm. we, the yeah. book says effortless, but that's a goal. And the thing is, is that so in the beginning, you're going to feel it. You're going to go out and run and your breath is you're going to need to work your breath and you're going to need to build up. It's just that you're going to do it in a way now through chi running, if you do it that way, that doesn't give you all these stops of injury. 
So injury is the big thing in running. It's 65% of people, of runners, every year get an injury that stops them from running. And so we don't want people to have to stop. It's a big so number. It's, 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 it's two-thirds. Two out of every three people. And, and I read in your book that yeah. it's worse for marathoners. Oh, oh yeah. from 65 distance, to 90. Distance yeah. adds huge things. So, so the effort is this. So you effort, 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 and then you get hurt and you stop. Well, that is what slows down your, your progress more than anything. So we want people mm-hmm. to be able to continue on with their progress without the stoppage of injury. That's our... Our primary thing is injury prevention and energy efficiency. Yeah, and the energy efficiency comes in as a response to this is so hard, you know. And but if you get people, I mean, start with just having your body aligned; it's already easier to move. And then we also have so one of the principles in our book is gradual progress. I just mentioned it. So gradual progress means you don't really go that far beyond what your body currently is capable of doing. You just stretch it a little bit. You don't go out and okay, I'm gonna lose weight, so I'm gonna do a 10k this week. You know, no, it's it's what's your body capable of? Scunch it just a little past that. So and that's, then that's do really... that enough to where that scunch just gets incrementally little. See, but my ego is revolting against that. <laughs> my, my, my ego wants to put, put, put up numbers on Strava. Like, yeah, right. I want to get lots of like kudos. <laughs> yeah. Well, you will get those because when you do it correctly, you can move faster and easier. So if you're trying to do it without some help and you're doing it, I'll just say biomechanically, not optimally, then you're not going to go as fast or as far. But with a little bit of help, you're going to go faster and further, way faster and way easier. So there, you will get those kudos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like people get those kudos all the time from oh, our yeah. class. Like, literally after a class, we'll get, oh my gosh, I just beat my best ever marathon time. I mean, we have thousands upon thousands of those testimonials. Mm. Yeah, but, so, it's, but it's like, you know, people understand that they shouldn't eat the junk food, but in the moment... It's oh, the, yeah. the junk food tastes good. And in the moment for yeah. an athlete or for a runner, like pushing it feels like, yeah, look at me. Yeah. And yeah. So, so there's this, this, this idea that if you're, you know, if you're in your body, your mind and body are together, yeah. you're, you're kind of overriding a, uh, this, this, you know, the cultural programming of the fitness industry. Yeah. You know, when you get good at it, though, just a little bit of help. You will get that feeling. I think that's why people, that's why chi running has been successful is because people not only um, have the experience of being able to go a little faster or further than they thought they could, but they feel good. And so there is that sense of, whoa, when you come home and you feel good and you feel like you could do something else for the rest of your day, then there is a pride in that Mm. like wow my body is strong my body is healthy like when we're teaching the class we teach certain things and people will go i didn't i didn't recognize that wow do i feel good right now that feels good so i think that goodness overrides the i mean can Mm. override has the potential to. It is something that we work on all the time is taking some really strong tape type a people and toning them down. And I would say many of our instructors, for instance, used to say, all I cared about was how fast I went, and now I care about what it feels like. Mm. And, yeah. and I think they're happier for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. We we have this story of a guy who was like some colonel in the special forces yeah. or something. It's he came to us because he he retired from the military, but he got into a paramilitary group in Costa Rica, busting up cocaine labs. Colombia, uh, Colombia, yeah. busting up cocaine labs. So he had this crew that he was in charge of. There were all these guys that were scrambling straight up mountains and stuff. He somehow got a hold of our book. And he said, oh, my God, I can climb mountains, and it's, like, so easy, and I'm teaching my guys, and they can do that. And so he was this pretty hardcore military guy, like, macho, and, you know, I, I love doing this. Over the years, he kept writing us more letters and saying, you know what, it's not about the muscles, is it? You know, <laughs> it's, it's about how are you aligned, how do you move? And he says... He was enjoying his job more and more. Finally, he wrote us a letter saying, I took my first Tai Chi class. And now he's teaching. And he switched a guy that went from power is better to a guy who who really believes in the, the, the proper motion and all that is more powerful. But the way it happened was as he read chapter four of the book, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and which tells you how to do it, and he went out for a run. So this was the first email, so he sent it to me, and the first email was, I just beat my fastest time I've ever run. And he was shocked. He read the book, so he was one of those people that could get it quickly. Uh-huh. So he read the book, he went out for a run, and he said, I thought, and we have this, people say this a lot, I thought my watch broke. Because I went so much faster than I have ever done before. And that was from reading the book and the next day going on a run. So that's when we first became in correspondence with him. He was like, what happened? Mm. And so people can have that experience so quickly sometimes where they yeah. the shift I'm, happens. Yeah. I'm imagining, and I know from my own experience, is that there is something about it that is a little bit damaging to the ego in that it doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's you do you know it's like you're you're aligned with forces much bigger than yourself mm. there is like when you sort of yeah. like I can't tell you how many times I've forgotten this and then remembered it I'm on a hard run I'm feeling terrible it's you know it's mm-hmm. Chapel Hill 104 degrees in the summer <laughs> and I'm going up some some hill there's not a you know a, a shade in sight and then I remember oh like look at that tree and let it pull me right and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like, well, it's not just me now. The tree's helping. <laughs> <laughs> like, do, you know, do, do you find and do people find that, that it becomes sort of a spiritual experience as well? Yeah, it's called an altered ego. You know, you hear this term alter ego. <laughs> it's an altered ego. I love that. Because, you know, when we, we start talking about what we teach is quality of life, what Catherine was saying. Somebody really starts seeing that their quality of life improves, all of a sudden their mind changes about what's important to me. And so then they start saying, well, it's not as important how fast I go because I'm like really happy with how I am now as a person. Mm. So it's this altered ego. (laughs) So a lot of people have come to a deeper understanding of a different perspective on life through chi running and chi walking. I will say that. We have people, a lot of the letters we get say, this changed my life because they begin to do so many things differently. They'll talk about how they approach their computer differently, how they approach their work differently, how, I mean, we've had people come and say, we want to do chi singing, chi photography, chi golf, chi everything, Uh because they've brought it into other areas and and it's been successful for them. Yeah, because the principles are transferable. 
it's just Tai Chi and mm. that's the start and then you can put it into whatever you want yeah everything yeah. It's cool. Right. That's, that's so, what's cool about yeah. it. So there's basically two groups of people who benefit. There's the group who have not been walking or running, yeah. either because they just haven't, or they you know they try every four years and get injured and give and quit. Right. And then there's the group that is already out there walking, running, nursing injuries mm-hmm. constantly. For that, so for that second group, how does how does chi running tend to change their lives? Like they're, all, they're, they're already running. Well, the Chinese principle, go to the cause of any problem if you go to an acupuncture. They're not going to say, well, I've got something you should wear. <laughs> they will go, so what have you been doing that creates this thing in your body? Go mm-hmm. to the cause and you can get rid of the symptom. So when you go to somebody who has an injury, our whole thing is, so why are you doing this to yourself? What are you doing? And, and get them to body sense and really feel, oh. Well, my alignment's off, or I'm overstriding, and I can feel that knee happen every time I land. So that gives them and incentivizes them to do something about it. So that's a part of body sensing, is sensing what you're doing, listening to your body all the time. What what am I doing? And then having this background of information, that's where the mind-body, your mind comes in and says, hmm, so what's our response to this? And so we give them certain responses, and they tell their body, let's try this. And then they listen for their response from the body again. So did that help my knee or did it not? Let's try something different. Or it's better, is it worse? So we teach people how to be their own best practitioner. You know, how to how to feel it, how to fix it, what to do. And so it makes them responsible. So you're talking about making people responsible for their own health. Be responsible for how you feel and get to the bottom. So, what did you eat that gave you that stomach ache? Mm-hmm. How fast did you eat it? Or what were you doing when you were eating it? Or, yeah. Yeah. See, well, with this, with this does what I love is so the big problem with getting people to be healthy is the thing they do right now feels good, right? Yeah. I'm gonna eat right. the thing, and the problem is four hours, four years, right. four decades <laughs> from now, yeah. what, what you're doing is you are shortening. The feedback loop, the response yes. to, to the point where if I'm paying attention right now, oh this, oh I love these, they taste so good. If I chew it slowly, it's like oh there's chemicals, it's too sweet, yeah. it's too salty. Yeah. I don't ugh. right? And you're 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 giving people the means and the practice to yeah. be in the moment to to make those decisions. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and so for very beginners. It is just getting them out there, and then when you give them a little small thing that helps, it that travels through much of their future, you know, because then mm-hmm. there's this sense of, oh, there is more hope for me. There is more potential. I can do this. It's a real mm-hmm. feeling of I can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I can, I can do this. I think that's mm-hmm. what we offer to people more than anything. And you're, you're, you're getting people in touch with an internal thing they can trust. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you're, you're not saying, hey, we're the experts. Pay attention no, to us. Feel it. You're the one yeah. doing it. What does it feel like? Yeah. And then it gives them options. And so the people that go down a path one way and end up with cancer or all kinds of maladies or anything like that back here somewhere you need to you make a choice you make a choice this way all of a sudden this whole thing happens if you if we can teach them how to really feel their body and make just a little tweak this way all of a sudden that whole branch is no longer working Hmm. so when you say create improve somebody's quality of life that's what we're talking about moment to moment 
interesting thing is, is that, you know, you talk about a spiritual practice, the whole thing behind being most spiritual practice is being in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess where's the only way you can be in the moment is when you are in your body, because the body doesn't live in the future, body doesn't live in the past, body's always just right here. So what's going on right now? What can I do about that? Well, you know when I'm in the moment? When my body hurts. Sure. It's screaming at you. It's like, dude, listen up. Right. You know, know, when everything's working fine, you know, I've got my headphones in. I'm thinking. (laughs) And we do try to transform that a little bit over time. Because we want people to be listening a little sooner and a little earlier before the problems really happen. And you can do that. You can definitely do that. Um, Just get there a little bit sooner. Or at least, you know... For instance, if you, if I have a bit of a temper, and if I pay attention, I'm like, oh, that made me angry. And then in the future, I can say, I can, you know, I can be aware of that and say, oh, this could make me angry. I'm going to be aware, and I'm going to try and just be more aware so that my temper doesn't come out right. And you can change the way you are. Well, it's the same thing with the body. You're just listening to the body more regularly. So you're just paying attention to it more. It really deserves it. You know, there's all this information now about the brain that is in our guts. Have you been hearing? Mm-hmm. You know, you know yeah. about that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you spend time in this area, it is so profound. It's the home of creativity. It's the home to your intuition. And so when you spend a little bit more time down in your gut area, just paying attention things start coming up out of your body and it will tell you a little sooner. It's like you've created a a link to yourself from your body and that link becomes more alive and it starts telling you earlier, oh, that's that's beginning to hurt a little bit and you might have not paid attention before, but now you begin to. You begin to say, oh, that's not quite right. It pulls you out of the, the world of oblivion. (laughs) you're either oblivious of what's going on or you intentionally do something to cut the sensation i need an advil i'm not feeling good i need you know this that i need i need food i'm feeling kind of like weird i need to eat some so pulls you out of that oblivion or that denial that there is something so there and there we take people through the stages of it so that's why body sensing is what starts the whole thing and it doesn't have to go to drastic it's just is there something that's uncomfortable yeah, really use that as a trigger. It's just just past yeah. like the it's company. It's so interesting because I just started reading. Uh, Stephen Hayes has a new book on uh, ACT therapy. It's acceptance and commitment therapy. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, blanking on the name of the book, um, but he talks a lot about like rigid psychological responses to negative sensations and emotions. Yeah, right. yeah. But you know, his perspective is all psychological. Yeah. And like you you are hacking the system yeah. where where the psychology you know arises from. Right. It all arises from physical sensation. Yes. And I, you know, that's what um, there's all kinds of therapy now that is about just listening to the physical sensations in your body. So there's other stuff that I do as well, focusing and somatic healing and all these different systems that really have you just paying attention to your body to the point where if you have a pain or something, if you just listen to it long enough, it will often dissipate Mm -hmm. because it just needs your attention. It Mm -hmm. needs to know that you are there. And it really is profound. And so, yes, that's very much 
a part of what we're bringing in. We call it backdoor enlightenment. <laughs> so we're bringing we it in through into walking it. and running, but we're really trying to get them open up to other ideas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then exactly. we do have the the thing that I like is that we have walking and then we have this walk run program that I mentioned to you and then we have a running program. And so it really can take people from from walking the walk run. I just particularly love. It's so what, such what, a great program. Can you describe it? Yeah. So it's um, chi running and chi walking are extremely similar. So chi walking, and you can start with chi running, but they have the same foundation. There's just a few little differences between them. So when you learn chi walking, for instance, people will come to a chi walking class, and I am telling you, half of the people after even a one-day class, will say, I think I could run. <laughs> and I'll say to them, yeah, it's just so easy from here. It's such mm-hmm. an easy next step. So then you can go into a walk-run program. And our walk-run program is, is you walk as much as you need to and you run as much as you need to. There is no set like two minutes or three minutes. You just do what your body, you really tap into your body. And then we teach you the transition between the two. And so mm-hmm. when you do chi running and chi walking, you're just getting this whole body um, support. Mm-hmm. And and as this ultra marathoner that we were just talking to said, ultra marathon runners are walking a lot. It's okay. Yeah. Trail runner just had an article about that, about how walking makes you a trail runner. If you you know, mm-hmm. and so they're walking a lot, and so this whole thing about learning how to walk well, because I've seen walk run programs where people are running and then they fall into the worst kind of walking, that's harmful. We actually believe the transition is where you can cause more harm and damage. Mm-hmm. Stopping and starting your run. Yeah, for me, walking just <sighs> psychologically feels like okay. Now I get to stop doing everything and just it's, oh, yeah. it's like self indulgence. Exactly, it's, it's the equivalent of like eating twelve Snickers bars. It's like yeah. oh. Just, I just want it to feel not bad yeah. for a minute, as opposed to walking to for yeah. health or regeneration. Well, or if you were to draw running along and say you needed a rest, say you're in the middle of an ultra and you're walking along, so so you drop into a walk, but you don't check out, so you don't all of a sudden just go asleep. You know, you're using all these focuses when you're running that keep you efficient, keep you relaxed, keep you moving right. Why would you just click the switch off and go blank? You know, until you feel ready to run again. And so the whole idea is you're just dropping the speed down to rest your body, but not the intention. And you're keeping your mind sharp. And, you know, you're not checking out just because you're walking. You're still, like, there, you know. And Danny, when he comes back from his races, he'll, he will have been working his mind and his technique the entire time, still. Yeah. I mean, that is what he does. That's how he is successful in his events, because he's paying attention. Now, you get to slip into oblivion sometimes. It's not like you can't, you know, you don't have to be like on this every second or anything. But you do want to learn to just be checking in more. Mm. And um, It's like meditation. Yeah. I remember when I started doing it. So so this is my recollection. Like there were seven things I had to pay attention to. (laughs) Cycle through them. It's already too many. (laughs) It's way too many. Meditating. Well, we meditate a lot. Uh But I meant like there was like the the fingers, the elbow, the 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 chest up, the the the, you know the the feather here, all, all the. 
different things, uh, you know, needle and cotton, the lean. And I would do that for like two minutes. And then like 40 minutes later, I'd be, oh, I remember I was supposed to do that. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. It's okay. The only thing is, is that you come back at some point. And so what happens is, is so you lose it for a while. Maybe you do get an injury. Maybe you get a little bit of pain. Oh, it's a reminder. I do have some tools. Mm. You know, it's sort of like the way I gave up gluten. Like I really wasn't doing well. So I would give it up over a certain period of time. And then I would eat it the rest of the year. And then over time, over years, I realized I feel so much better when I'm off it. Mm. So now I'm just going to be off of it. It uh-huh. just so it can take you know it can take a little time. Okay. Yeah, it's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's yeah. let's let, can we talk for a few minutes about like what are the foundations of of chi walking, chi running? So okay. I know people people should you know go go to the website. The website is chi running dot com. C H I yeah. C H I and you got the three the chi running, chi walking, chi marathon. So people definitely should like check out the. The, 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 the resources. Shoes it fits. Um, right. But, <laughs> but for, you know, for just a, a teaser, like what, what mm-hmm. are the principles that people should be thinking about as, as they walk and run? Okay, so um, there's always, Catherine mentioned that there's always two big things that everybody who wants to do exercise needs to be thinking about. And that's alignment and relaxation. Alignment, relaxation. And alignment isn't just postural alignment. If you're moving, it's alignment with the direction you're headed. So it informs how you move your body. Alignment, relaxation. And they're not alignment or relaxation. They have to be combined. It's like in Tai Chi, there's yin and there's yang. Yin is this very gathering force. Yang is this very expansive force. When one gets bigger, one gets smaller. When this comes out, this goes smaller. They interact always. And so alignment and relaxation are bottom line principles. You have to be aligned with where you're headed because if you're not, your arms are swinging this way and you're headed that way, that's inefficient. Mm -hmm. That's what we're getting to is inefficiency. So aligning your body with where you're going and how you're doing it, how it's moving, but also postural alignment so that you're always cooperating with the pull of gravity. So gravity, whenever you stand or walk or anything, gravity is always pulling down on your structure. How do you align your structure to use the least amount of muscles? Efficiency again. Mm -hmm. So that's why we are huge uh, proponents of posture and huge proponents of learning how to relax. And so it's really, you mentioned that term needle and cotton. So there's one of the principles that we've kind of like written all of our material around. And the needle is your alignment, your postural alignment, just like a needle comes right down through my body. Every time my foot supports my whole body weight, my needle is supporting my body weight. I want to keep that needle as straight as I can during that moment when I'm on that leg. Okay. Relaxation is the moving parts. So the needle is the support. The relaxation is everything that needs to move. Arms, shoulders, hips, legs, feet, ankles. So that has to be as relaxed as possible. And the yin needs to be as yin as possible. And the more yin you get, the more relaxed you can be. You know, it's a cool thing. So if the muscles are tight, if you're overworking your muscles, you're actually inhibiting your movement. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you're actually slowing down your movement. But if they're really relaxed, then they move fluidly and with ease. So the strength is in one place and the relaxation is so crucial to it. And it feels really good. It's not easy to learn how to relax, but it feels great when you get there. Yeah. 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 So I do a martial art called Sistema. It's a Russian form. And mm-hmm. we do a lot of striking. And so one of the metaphors is like, imagine a hammer and you just, like, it's totally relaxed. You have a lot of power, but the more, there we go. T- the, the more you try to control it, the actually the less power same yeah. with golf, right? Same with a golf swing. You've you got to get grip the, the club movement. too much. It's not going to hit. It's mm. all about the fluidity of movement. You know, in yeah. golf, if you're really stiff, your swing is going to be. Well, that's true with your mm. legs. So in chi running and chi walking, this sounds really strange, but you're using your legs as little as possible. They are literally there just to connect you to the earth. So you're not using your legs to push off or propel forward or anything. You're using gravity and relaxation, and you're just falling gently. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's a completely different paradigm. And so that's the foundation. And how we get you there is we teach you good posture, and then we teach you how to move your arms and legs and your head and your shoulders. Like that's what we're doing is we're teaching you where everything should be. And then your arms and legs, it's really cool when you get an experience of it, they, be, they follow your core. They do when they're attached to your core. So having core strength means that your legs are attached to your torso. And when you're not using your core strength, your legs are separate from your body. So it's sort of a whole body experience. Mm. And then your arms, it's amazing. I mean, we're playing with this stuff all the time. And so Danny has been working so much on arm swing. And now, I mean, we can't even tell you how important arm swing is and how much easier arm swing. When you use your arms more, your whole body gets to work less. So it's really, really cool when your whole body is working as a whole. So that's another principle is that we're getting the body to work as a unit. Yeah. And the interesting part about that unit is that I always tell my classes that the body is set up in a very Marxist way from each (laughs) according to its ability. Right. (laughs) Okay. And so you look at just, just look at how the body is constructed. All the biggest, strongest muscles are in the middle. Mm -hmm. Biggest bones, everything is in the middle. As you get more distal, further away from the center, all the parts get smaller. All the muscles get smaller. All the bones get smaller. Mm. The problem with runners is that they... Where do most running injuries happen? From the knees on down. Runner's knee, iliotibial band, you know, Achilles tendon pulls, shin splints, calf pulls, plantar fasciitis, metatarsal stress fractures... Morton's neuroma, I mean... <laughs> oh, I got that one. Yeah, and so they all happen from here down. So if the body is built to where all the work happens here and less, less, less work happens as you get further from your center, why are people putting so much attention on all those lower body parts and pushing with their toes and reaching with their knees and, you know... It's hurting them. It's overuse. And so when you really set up the body and follow the law of how the body works, of, yeah, big work, less work, less work, tiny work, almost no work. Mm -hmm. We call it limp lower legs. In chi running and chi walking, your legs are, lower legs are as limp as possible and still holding you up. 
So it's all relaxation in your legs. And if you look at the Kenyans who were running every event, the people who were running the really fast marathons, they are so relaxed. Their be- the beauty is in their relaxation. Yeah. I mean, you, they hardly look like they're working. I know. I see. We go on the tobacco trail and we see like a group of like, you know, elite runners, whether high school or college. And they look, you know, from a distance, you can't exactly tell how fast they're going, but they seem like, oh, yeah, I could run with them. And then they blow past me. Right like like I'm, I'm mapping my own facial expressions onto that speed. Like, <laughs> like, like G-forces would be like distorting the cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks uh, yeah. And, and then when you watch like, the, you know, on TV, like an Olympic yeah. 10,000 meter or something, it's like, oh, they're just jogging. They're yeah. just having a good time. And they're flying. That's like Elliot Kipchoga when he ran a sub two hour. Yeah, he had a oh. lot of help and arrangement and stuff, but that guy was f- four twenty five miles for a twenty six. How do you do that? Okay. Oh. It's like you have so to be incredible. you have to be really, really relaxed. Relaxation is the key. And when that he makes finished the energy that, efficient. When he finished that world record, he wasn't like <gasps> 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 You know, it was like no, beating yeah. chest, hugging people. Yeah, it was like well, yes. I got to Danny that same credit. He yeah. would do these ultra marathons, and he would come back, and he would cook dinner, and he would be, <laughs> he would be seriously. I'm not kidding. He would just be so at ease oh. in his body. He would not have much pain. He would talk about his recovery. Ah, oh, maybe a tiny bit, maybe a blister or something. But I mean, and he's going to be seventy in two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, he... Yeah, I was going to guess 48, 50. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. So, but he has been that way. It really, honestly, he'll come back from an ultra marathon and be sort of like, okay. Like me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she, she had to come drive me because I... All right. <laughs> yeah. So if we need more help than um, books and, and videos and, and apps, uh, how do we find a chi running instructor who can help us? Yeah, so on our website, you go to chirunning.com and you click on, uh, up. there's a menu at the top, and you click on find an instructor or find a workshop. So there's two places. Our workshops, our instructors promote their workshops and our find a workshop. But if you want to work one-on-one, you just click on find an instructor. And there, there's some in Chapel Hill. They're all over the country. They're all over the world. I think we have people in 25 countries. Yeah. And it's yeah, and, and so, but there also a lot of times in places where places where there aren't people. And so Danny's been really successfully doing virtual coaching, really successfully. So you take a video of yourself and you come online with, on Zoom with him, and he will tell you what you need to work on, and then you go and you work on it, and you come back, and he'll give you the next round of training. So oh, it's cool. been great. We're, as a matter of fact, we're doing our chi walking instructor training completely virtually this time, which is pretty cool. And we just had a class yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was very successful. So so we, um, we do online video coaching, basically. And mm-hmm. people can get it, yeah. you know? But so we have instructors, we have... And then the other thing that... The, uh, we developed over the last few years is called the Chi Running School. 
And the reason why, how it's set up is that you get delivered a lesson in your inbox once a week. So it's virtual, still virtual. Yeah. You get it once a week. And that lesson is a video. So you can watch um, how, what you're supposed to be doing. And then there's an audio download you can listen to. You can practice, watch the video. And then you go out on a run. You go, here's what I'm right doing. And the way we set it up, though, is I, I w we were seeing how people... Uh, would leave a workshop or leave a personal session. They go, oh my God, there's like 30 things I got to remember. It's just like the, your experience, you know. Yeah. How in the world do I remember all of that? So, what we've done is just divide up chi running into um, little tiny increments, just little pieces. So one lesson might be just how to swing your arms. One lesson might be how to land softly or how to swing your hips or. Whatever and and so they we've listed them chronologically in a sequence where you just take one lesson a week and that's all you focus on for a week one thing mm -hmm. and so that starts those neural transmitters working because you're repeating the same activity and turning the on switch on enough times that by the end of a week you've, you've done it all week and it starts to take root in your system so talk about building habits you know yeah. good habits. And then you get a new lesson, and then you do the same thing. So it's it's been really successful yeah. for people learning it, you know. Yeah, so uh, the Chi Running School has been really helpful. And the other thing about that, well, the audio downloads make such a huge difference for people. But the thing that is, I wanted to say is that anything we teach, and it's, we wrote this in the book, will help you. So, so just practicing good posture is going to make a big. There isn't anything we teach that is going to hurt you mm -hmm. in any way. So everything you can't we overdo teach, it. That's, that's, everything yeah. we teach, you're going to gain benefit from it. So you practice good posture, you're gonna you're getting better posture. So it's all like um, so you get a little experience of the goodness. And that's the good thing is that we don't feel like we are giving anything to people that it's going to hurt them. So I, I want to become an instructor. So, oh, good. so right. I'm going to ask a question. Training. I'm just going to ask a question for other. Like, how do you become an instructor? Mm -hmm. April. So we're I'm starting <laughs> February. A, February is the first such yeah. February. So to become an instructor, um, you contact us, and an instru our instructor training program is very thorough. Extremely thorough. So there's a three month home study program before you even come to work with us. So you study the materials that we call it the owner's manual. It's the instructor's manual where you study all the lessons and exactly how they look. And there's videos that go with it. So and we meet on Zoom. We have Zoom meetings. And then you come for, a, after three months is over, you come to a four-day uh, intensive where we teach you how to be a really good teacher. You should know the material by then, mm -hmm. but we'll show you how to really use it, how to observe people, how to be a good teacher next one is in Asheville and then you go awesome. from there into doing your and the whole time you're doing homework on any friend that'll get you yeah. <laughs> you can get to work with you and then after that you do practice teaching and you teach with some instructors and then you turn you loose but it's yeah it's a good we just had a training here in Asheville and 12 people ago. I mean, we do them all over the world. We were in Germany last summer. and We have instructors. We have ah, so many master instructors now. So our instructors have levels. You're certified instructor, senior, or master instructor. And our master instructors can teach other instructors. So if you can't make it to a class, you can always work with a master instructor as well. But the classes are so good. And everybody loves them. And they become a very close team. Yeah. It's okay. really a one... 
wonderful experience. So if people just go to chirunning.com and they contact you and find out. And there's a become an instructor on these drop-down menus. Become an instructor. Cool. And we hope you'll join us. That would be wonderful. I would love to. That would be so cool. You know, it feels like, you know... The equivalent of learning how to change my oil. <laughs> it's, it's that necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Except Nick goes, no, you know, no, no one else is going to check my body for me if I don't. Right. Exactly. So, That's well put. So, Catherine and Danny Dreyer, thank, thank you. you so much. This was, this was a, a huge treat. Yeah. Oh, so nice to have you. Really grateful you came up. Yeah. Well, yeah. You guys Our, get to hang out in Nashville this, for a day. This should Our not have been done over the phone. No. no. <laughs> I'm glad you guys came out. That's it was oh, really I nice know. to be so able to have cool. you here. Yeah, I'm just so glad to meet you. Likewise. And I love what you're doing. It's good work. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for listening. I hope you really got a lot out of this episode. There's a lot of visuals involved. We tried to uh do a video recording. I didn't bring my big camera set up with lights and everything because we were trying to travel light. <laughs> um, I did grab a, uh, a GoPro that was not up to the task, so you're not going to see a video of this. But uh, this brings me to if you'd like to become a patron of the show and help finance better production values, better promotion to spread the word, uh, the ability to reach guests that otherwise are a little bit uh, out of my pay grade right now, you can become a patron of the show and you can do so at patreon.com. Just search for plant yourself or just go to plant yourself and look for the uh, support us on Patreon button on the right sidebar. Um, I would love to have a compact video setup that I can travel with, take anywhere and really incorporate much more video into the show. There's a lot of stuff that really is video only. Like I have a, an episode coming up with Kim Campbell, who is the, the chef and culinary force behind Plant Pure, Plant Pure Nation, Plant Pure Foods. And we did a cooking video in the kitchen. And honestly, if you just listen to it, you're not going to get a ton out of it. Um, but watching is where it's all at. So if you'd like to help me turn Plant Yourself into a media empire, you can do so by making an ongoing monthly contribution. Or if you just, you know, want to shoot me a wad of cash, that's fine, too. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? If you want to review the podcast, if you let's say you don't have so much money, but you have a little bit of time, like 30 seconds, and you've gotten something out of this show, let me try to guilt you into giving something back by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and leaving a review, give us some stars, tell us why you listen, and that'll help other people find the show as well. Uh, what else next few weeks, I've got Kim Campbell, I mentioned, also, um, Karen Smith, Brittany Sade, Margot Freitag, and Ron Tibbs. If you don't know them, you're not likely to hear them on any other podcasts. Uh, one of my superpowers is finding people who will be the next big thing before they become the next big thing. And some of these names are big things already in our own little world of plant-based health. And you will be hearing from them a lot more, but um, you heard them here first. So in garden news, we are covering the greens now with cloth to try to keep out whatever is eating them. And I've got an assignment to try to put together some cold frames. We're expecting a cold snap in the high 20s this weekend or on Monday. 
So we're going to try to protect the little fellas and, and gals any way we can that way. In running news, this has been all about running, and I've already spilled the beans on how much better I'm running and how much happier I am about my form and about meditating. Um, this coming weekend, I'm playing in the Old Man Ultimate Nationals or, or Worlds or World Championships, whatever they are. It's called the Sar Saratoga Sunset down in Saratoga, Florida. If you're in that area and you want to come say hi, uh, I think it's at the not the polo grounds with the soccer ground somewhere. Uh, hit me up, hjplantyourself.com if you want to come visit. Bring me some uh, some fruit and water and Larabars and and uh, and bask in the beautiful weather and watch. Uh, old men play ultimate frisbee. It'll be uh, it'll be a hoot. All right, thanks, thanks to Will Ridenour for allowing me to use his beautiful song "Sabali Don." The Dance of Peace is the theme music for this show. Check out Will Ridenour R I D E N O U R dot com for more. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mara, Barbara, Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hadley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Burns, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Dean Ahern, Jen Volkanovsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanovas, Leia Stoller, Alan Christensen, Connie Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Julian Rowland, Sudolnik, Sarah Durkis, Runs the Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzik, Janet Benham, Gail Sayer, David Donahue, Blair Seibert. Dorona Vizov, Joe and Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesner, Ruth and Vandenberg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, Equally Mysterious, Tracy Z, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Garber, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergen, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, Inscrutable, Harry R. Susan Laverty, The Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Berry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corker, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Ronnie Lynch, The Plant, Happy Organ, Sabina Kirtles, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Cobble, Joe Rutledge, Jill and Watkins, Brie O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Channel Hirschman, Kate Roll. <laughs> Linda Ayat, Julie Langholm, Hedegaard, Isa Tuzan, Wakani, Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Abibal, El Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Howard for Health, Karen Smith, Gotten Rani, Karen, Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, and Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Health, the Valley Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison. Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Deb Casilla, Emily Iaconelli, Liddy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Leenan, Patty DiMartino, Mike Anana Karstie, Ian Bishop, Bill Elf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Moulton, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashar, Gummery Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rachel Kennedy, Joan Borston, Diana, Diana Goldman. And for the last few, nice and slow, Stacy Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, and Claire England for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. And that really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast, someone uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join arms and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one time contribution or an ongoing monthly 
pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Reidenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Dawn, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willreidenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mauro, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barnes, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filkonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Kerr Adams, Tom Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner, with Ann Thunderbrook, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lenneman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harperson, Martha Bergner, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon, Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzawak, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Orlikoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Patty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Cartson, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidoroska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>